opportunity to worship and to just sing back to God, to not just gather here in person, but even from the convenience of your living room, whether you're sitting on your couch or maybe you're still laying in bed watching, here's the best news of all, that God encounters you and I wherever we are. No matter what we're facing or going through, God is here with us in these moments. And we're going to take some time today to open his word. But here's what happens. If you and I don't prepare our heart to receive the word of God, there may be seeds planted, but it doesn't fall on the right soil. And so for just a moment, I'm going to pray for us and take some time to say, hey, God, I want to make sure that the soil of my heart is ready to receive the word that you have. And as you do that and your heart becomes good soil, the seed that God plants can change your life and my life forever. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And today we are here in this moment seeking after you, seeking after your heart, what you have for us. God, what you desire for us in the future. And Lord, we're asking that today as we seek you, we find you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in person, you can be seated today. If you are watching with us online, go ahead and drop a comment in uh, whatever you're watching on, whether you're watching from Facebook or we're even on YouTube live now, wanting to make sure that we reach you in whatever platform or capacity that you're in. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, and I want to say welcome on behalf of myself, my wife, and the rest of the team here at Propel. We consider it an honor that you would be with us for today's worship experience. And today is a little bit different. We are currently meeting in our gym as they finish the HVAC system in our auditorium. But here's the, the good news with us being in here today. I'm not, I'm not alone today. I'm not filming in a studio by myself. I got a whole team of people here with me. So Dream Team, could you say hello to those who are online? Come on. There's a whole group of people who are here today getting ready so that when we reopen and regather next weekend that we're ready to serve you. And so if you're watching this online right now and you want to be a part of a worship experience in person next Sunday, you can do that at 9 a.m. or 1030 here on our property in Mount Pleasant. It's 400 North Main Street. If you do want to stay online, there's no problems with that at all. We're not doing away with church online at all, and we don't consider you any less of a part of our church family for being online in this season. Man, we're excited because not only are we coming back in, in person, but we have been in a message series that we started last week called I'll Be Home for Christmas. And the whole concept and the point of this series was really to let you and I uh, begin to understand what it would look like to be in our homes. Because we talk, as we talked about last week, it's not that we've been scattered, but it's really that we've been sent. That as we go out, as God sends us out, even if there's circumstances that are beyond our control or things that have taken place that we don't like and we feel scattered, really it's an opportunity for you and I to realize that God is strategically placing us in our homes, in our workplaces, in whatever environments or spaces we occupy. You have been sent out and the message that you are called to carry is the message of what Christmas is really all about and that's that Jesus Christ came and was born to live a sinless life so that he could die in your place and pay the price for your sin and mine. But Christmas is not about getting stuff or more things, but really, at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. And if you and I understand that, then when we, when we go into our homes and we go into the places that we work in this Christmas season, 
we can really understand what it means to be home because Jesus is with us and the message we carry is his. Today, I want to talk to you about something a little bit different. We talked about being sent out last week. I want to talk to you today about uh, the struggle of being accepted by people. Now, if you are familiar with the Christmas movie, The Grinch, um, if you're not, we should talk, right? Because most people know The Grinch is a classic Christmas movie. I came home a few weeks ago, and, uh, and my wife and my mother-in-law were decorating for Christmas. And you may be thinking, Pastor, why weren't you there helping your wife decorate for Christmas? None of your business, right? Like, we, we, we don't have time to get into that today. My wife was decorating for Christmas with her mom. It was great. Great, anytime you can get out of those things, but it's good. But my wife's decorating. I walk in, and here's what I notice. Uh, every time my wife likes to set up for Christmas, it's some, a tradition that her family had growing up. They would turn on Christmas movies. And so the Christmas movie that was on the TV was The Grinch. And it was kind of around that time in the scene where The Grinch didn't start out all Grinchy. See, the story of the Grinch is that when he was a, a little kid, he loved Christmas. It was one of his favorite holidays. But there was going to be this party at school, and he found out that in order to, to impress the girl, he needed to dress his best. And the Grinch had a hairy face. Come on, some of y'all know what that's like. Some of you don't. We're praying for you. Grinch had a hairy face, so he goes home, and, and all of a sudden he decides he's going to shave for the first time. And if you've ever shaved for the first time, you know you don't do it right. So he cuts his face up a little bit, but he patches it together and he makes this Christmas gift. He goes to school the next day and what he was doing to get the approval of people ultimately turned into something that he was ridiculed for, that he was laughed at and mocked. And, and what started out as him loving Christmas turned into bitterness, hatred, and rage, all because he didn't get the acceptance of people. And I know you might not be in that same place. You might not hate Christmas at all. But here's what I do know. Every single one of us at some point in our lives have struggled with lack of acceptance from people. Like at the end of the day, we really want to be accepted. We want to have the knowledge that people in our life love us and they care for us. And, 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 but if we're not careful in this Christmas season especially, our motivation for the things that we do in the places we go and the people we see is not to glorify and honor God with our life, but is to have the acceptance and the approval of others. And if we live that way, we will die internally. If we live for the approval of people, then we will die from their rejection. So we need to get to the place today as we understand the truth of God's word that you and I don't have to live for the approval of others, but we can know that God ultimately approves of us. So if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some indicators of whether or not you may be searching for acceptance in unhealthy ways. Here are two primary indicators, particularly for this Christmas season. Here's the first one, that we spend excessive amounts of money on Christmas gifts. Now, for some of you, you're like, that's not my problem. But, but for some of us, it really is an issue. Because in the Christmas season, typically, debt begins to skyrocket. Right. We buy stuff with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. 
And, and, and so, and, and not only that, but for some of us, we've made mistakes along the way. We've made some poor decisions. Maybe as a, a parent, you weren't there for your kids as much growing up. And so now, rather than dealing with the hurt and the pain or the mess of what actually happened, you feel like you can just buy back their affection and their approval. And so we spend excessive amounts of money in order to get people to love us and be there for us. If we do that, it's not healthy. Here's the second thing. We overcommit ourselves in an attempt to see and please everybody. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you in this Christmas season, you are not going to be able to do all the things that people want you to do. You're not. When, when Tori and I first got married, I remember uh, we, had, we, we did it year one. Like we tried. We hit every house. We were in uh, for Christmas Eve. We were at one house in Mount Pleasant. And then we did Christmas morning at our house. But then like uh, 30 minutes after our Christmas morning, we were back in Mount Pleasant. And then we did a lunch in Mount Pleasant. And then we drove to High Point that night. And then after we got to High Point, we went and saw a movie afterwards. And by the time I got home, I need, I'm glad it was all about Jesus because I needed him to come back, right? Like I was, I was done. And then the next year we got to it and we were just like, no, it ain't happening. There's a whole bunch of things we're saying no to this year. Things that we're deciding that we can't do anymore because every yes I give to something is a no to something else. And if we're not careful, the reality is our motivation, the motivation of our heart will be that if we go to all these places and we do all these things, at the end of the day, people will like us and accept us. And if that's your motivation, you will never get the right result. Because the right motivation with the wrong thing is the wrong thing. So you and I have to understand this, that we cannot please people and serve Christ at the same time. We can't please people. And serve Christ. Now, this is not an invitation for you and I to be a jerk in this Christmas season. That's what some people do, right? Some people, some people get to the place where they're like, well, I can't, I can't please people and please God, so I'm just going to railroad everybody I come into contact with. That's not the goal. But if you and I simply try and live for the approval of others, there's no way we're going to be able to do all that God's called us to do. Because at some point, what people are asking of you and what God has called you to are going to conflict. At some point, the things God is telling you to do or the places he's telling you to go are going to hinder your ability to do things with other people or do the things that you've always done. And when that happens, you and I have a choice. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Like, have you ever wrestled with that before? Like at the end of the day, am I, am I trying to simply win the approval of people? Am I trying to gain their respect and affirmation so in some way I feel validated or I feel good inside and, and I feel like that if I can just keep the peace with everybody, then I'll be okay? But in doing that, you, you know, the, people talk all the time about, um, this is not in my notes, so you're welcome. I get to teach this in person, so I get to do these things again. So in Scripture, there's a passage of Scripture where, um, I think it's Peter. Peter calls us to be peacemakers. But what most people interpret that as is a peacekeeper. God never called us to be peacekeepers. He called us to be peacemakers, which means I'm not in responsible to keep the peace, but I bring peace wherever I go. If we try and keep the peace all the time, you and I will be stuck in people-pleasing. 
Because keeping the peace means I've got to figure out some way to make everybody happy. And let me just tell you, what 2020 has taught me more than anything is you ain't making everybody happy at all. When I first got into ministry, one pastor said to me, he said, if you want to make everybody happy with your in your life, don't become a pastor. Go sell ice cream. Because <laughs> that's going to be about the only way you're going to do it. You can't make everybody happy. We're called to be peacemakers, which means no matter what season I'm in or situation I find myself in, I don't keep peace. I create peace in the world. So Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, am I now trying to please human beings or God, or am I trying to please people? If I were simply trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. In other words, if I try and just please others, there's no way I'm going to be able to follow God and please people at the same time. So we've got a choice to make. We've got decisions that we have to wrestle with and think through about how we step into all that God's called us to do. And if you're struggling with acceptance in this Christmas season of feeling this need to have the approval of other people, here's what I want you to know. You're not alone. Most of us don't like to admit it, but, but deep down, we love the approval, the validation, and the affirmation that we receive from other people. That's why we love social media so much. They, science has proven that, that the same dopamine um, additives that come out in your brain when you do drugs are the same thing that happen when you pick up your phone for social media. Did you know that every time you post something, here, here's when you know you have a problem. When you post something and you don't get engagement with it, like people don't like it or comment on it, and internally you feel frustrated. Because deep down we live for the approval of people if we're not careful. So how do we get past that? Here's three things I've got for you this morning. The first one is receive Christ. And, and I know what you're saying. You may be thinking like, Pastor, you teach this message every single week. We talk about receiving Jesus, that Jesus is really what we need to receive. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be the same message every week. Every week you're going to get the same thing. Because here's the truth. As followers of Jesus, if we ever get tired of the message of who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us, there's a really good chance that we don't actually have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I can't get tired of this message because it's the message that has the power to save. It's the message that transforms my life. The reason why we talk about receiving Jesus every single week in the life of our church is because the truth of God's word hasn't changed a bit. The truth is that we desperately need a Savior because you can't overcome sin without Him. You can't get through your mess or your struggle without Jesus. You can temporarily solve a problem, but you'll never fix a sin issue apart from Christ. So you may get better at hiding it or covering up, but if you really want to find freedom and fulfillment and purpose and passion in your life, it comes from first receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because when we understand what Jesus did for us, then we really begin to see that he is the greatest gift that anyone could receive this Christmas. Like there, there's some great things that you've got on your Christmas lift, list. Christmas lift? Some of you may be auto mechanics and you want a Christmas lift. you got some great things on that Christmas list. But nothing is greater than your friends and family 
accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and experiencing eternity with him. That's why we're here. That's what God has called us to. Here's the beautiful part about receiving Christ. I love the truth of Scripture. So John chapter 1, verse 11 through 12, it says this about Jesus. That he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You ever experienced rejection before? You ever experienced what it was like to, to love people, to pursue people, to chase after people, only for them to not receive or reciprocate it in any way? So he came to that which was his own, but they did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There is this uh, theological thing that I think we get mixed up from time to time. And it's the difference between being a child of God and a creation of God. So what most people say is we're all God's children. But that's actually not what Scripture teaches us. Scripture says that we're all God's creation. But in John 10, I'm sorry, 1 verse 11 and 12, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. In order for us to get into the family of God, it's not about church attendance, although I think church attendance is important. It's not about uh, reading your Bible, although reading your Bible is important. It's not about being in a small group or even leading in ministry. The reason why you get into the family of God is because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so what Jesus is telling us, what John's telling us in this passage, is even though Jesus experienced rejection for those who received him, there were great rewards. They got to be in the family of God. And I know a lot of us have wrestled with rejection and we've struggled in the past. And here's what we need to know. Jesus has experienced those same things. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us in our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne with great, of grace with confidence so that we may receive help and mercy, may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, so here's what that passage of Scripture pulls out for you and I. Because Jesus has experienced rejection, and not just rejection from a lot of people, Jesus even experienced rejection from the people who were really close. If you want to look at how much Jesus understands your struggle, you ever had a best friend betray you? And you wanted to punch him? No, I'm just kidding. Jesus didn't want to punch him. We want to punch him. That's why Scripture says he was tempted and didn't sin. Here's the thing about Jesus. When Jesus had 12 disciples, 12 guys who were really close, there was a guy named Peter who denied he ever knew Jesus in the first place. Could you imagine what it would be like to do life with people for three years only for them to say, I don't know him at all? To share close, intimate, personal encounters, to, to see miracles, to do great things only for them to pretend like you don't even exist? And not only that, but, but then there's this guy named Judas, and Judas ultimately betrays Jesus for like 30 pieces of silver. It wasn't a whole lot of money at the time. And three years of relationship, three years of miracles, three years of bringing this guy close is all ended in a moment because the dude wanted some more money. 
You ever been betrayed? The good news about Jesus is that he understands every single thing that we've been through. So in this season, when you feel like you've been rejected by people, when you feel hurt, when you feel betrayed, when you feel lonely, what scripture says is we can boldly run to the throne of God because we know he not only knows our struggles, but he's been through it. Don't isolate yourself from God. Run as fast as you can into his presence. Here's the second thing. Remember God's acceptance. Remember God's acceptance. So at the beginning of John, um, Jesus is going to get baptized. It's a really cool moment. Jesus is born, but he doesn't begin his ministry until 30 years old, around when the time he's 30. Jesus gets into the, the lake where he's about to be baptized. And as he gets into the water, John the Baptist baptizes him and pulls Jesus up out of the water. And when it happens, Scripture says that the sky parted and God speaks this over him. He says, this is my son. This is God, not Darth Vader, right? (laughs) In whom I love and I'm well pleased with. Do you know God spoke those words over Jesus before he ever performed a single miracle? before he ever healed anybody or did any of the work of ministry. If we're not careful, we feel like God's acceptance is contingent on our performance. But it's not. For those who received him, being Jesus, they were given the right to become part of the family of God. God's approval over your life and over my life is not based on what we do, but the proximity that we have to His Son. Because when we get close to His Son, when we receive His Son, we have the only acceptance we need, which is the one from God. I I called this message approved by one because my ultimate goal for you today is to leave here not needing the approval of your friends or your family or even your spouse, although your your spouse is probably going to be the person that it gives you a lot of guidance and direction to kind of help you navigate those waters. You ultimately need to be approved by God because at the end of your life and at the end of my life, when we stand before God, apart from his stamp of approval, which is to say we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we spend eternity separated from him. So we can live our life for the approval of people, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is what we do with Jesus. So we take some time in this season to remember that God has accepted us. I'm going to shoot through some scriptures really quick, and I'm going to send you this in an email later this week because I I didn't want to just bombard you with 20 passages of scripture. (laughs) John chapter 1 verse 12 lets you and I know that we are God's child because we've accepted Jesus. In John 15, 5, I find out that I'm Christ's friend. Do you know that God considers you a friend? Like that you're a friend with Jesus? Because Scripture says, greater love has none than this, than a man would lay his life down for a friend. That's what Jesus did for you and he did for me. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 lets you and I know that we've been justified in Christ. That when God looks at you now, it's just as if we 
never sinned. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 17, we find out that we are united with the Lord and one with His Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, we find out that we've been bought by a price and we belong to God. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, we are a part, we're being made a part of Christ's body. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, we find out that we are called saints. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, we find out that we're adopted as God's children. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, we learn that we have direct access to God through His Spirit. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, we know that we have been forgiven of all of our sins. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, we find out that we're made complete in Christ. If our identity, if our foundation, if our need for acceptance is built on anything other than who God says we are, we are building our house on sand and not the rock. We've got to be people who have a solid foundation to know that God's acceptance is ultimately all that we need. And here's the third thing for us to do in this season. Don't react, respond. Don't react, respond. I believe that the, the holiday season is where dysfunction just like magically appears in some people's life. You ever like got to a, a, a Christmas dinner or, or maybe a, even Thanksgiving dinner and like all of a sudden you're like, I didn't know we hated each other. When did this happen? You know, like it's just dis, it's as dysfunctional as it can get. Well, what happens oftentimes is you and I, we just kind of buy into it. I've been reading a book, I finished a book last week called The Bait of Satan by John Brevere. It's a, it's a great one, highly recommend it. But he talks about offense and how it's easy for you and I to get offended, to stay offended, but we, we can't take the bait. And in this holiday season, I want to challenge you to not react because reaction is from the flesh, but responding is from God. Responding is something that I don't, I don't do in a moment I predetermine what I'm already going to do. So here's what I know. If I know that I'm going to have, uh, you may have a relative. I'm not saying that I do, but you may have a relative that they, they like to take little stabs at you during the holiday season, right? And it starts out, it's all playful and it's all jokes, but man, them jokes kind of hurt sometimes. And you didn't know you had feelings, but you got feelings and they hurt. And sometimes it's easy for us to react and, and to lash back out and, and, and to, to bite people's heads off. But what if we just predetermined that we were going to respond with love and with grace in this season? What if we already made the decision to say no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, we're going to choose to be people who honor God first and foremost with our life. Because to have his approval means more than any approval of the people here on this earth. Because the praises of man will never usher in the presence of God for your life. To have God's approval means the world. So here's a few passages of scripture to help you not react, but respond. Exodus chapter 20 tells you and I, or chapter 20 verse 12 tells you and I to honor our father and mother. Whether you're 14, you're 40, or you're 60, two and a half, okay? The scripture didn't change. Honor your father and mother. 
And as you hear that, you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, but, but they're not a person of honor. They're not honoring me. That's not what honor is. For a follower of Jesus, honor is not based on the actions of another person, but the character and the calling that God has called you to. So it doesn't matter how they engage with you. It doesn't matter how they act or talk or respond or how mad or frustrated they make you. You choose to be a person of honor. And as you do that, God begins to, he's already accepted you. I'm telling you, you see, you'll see doors open that you never thought were possible because you chose to operate in honor. Here's the second one. Speak the truth in love. And speak the truth in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Here's what a lot of us do. A lot of us don't speak the truth in love. We speak the truth with harshness. So we speak the truth like what we've said is right, but the way we've said it is wrong. Our motivation for saying it is not right. If you're not ready to speak the truth in love, you're not ready to speak. If you're not ready to love, you're not ready to talk. So a lot of times we get into the holiday season and we get around people, we get around friends, we get around family, and they make us mad. So we're like, I'm just going to tell you how I really feel. No, I don't do that. It's not healthy. You ever lashed out at somebody, like yelled at them, told, you, told them how you really felt, and then you were like, I don't feel any different now that I did that. I just imploded on you and I thought it was going to be better. I thought I was going to feel better about myself. I, 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 I didn't work and it never will when you choose to speak the truth in love it's love it's kindness that leads people to repentance from God not harsh truth that's what God did for us he speaks love over you and I and when he comes to correct he does it as a loving father, not a harsh dictator. He chooses to let you and I know our wrongs, the, the way we've grieved his heart, the way we've hurt him, so that we can be reconciled, not so that we can have further distance. If your goal in speaking the truth is to create more division, it's not going to be the truth. It's going to be your manipulated version of truth. Because the truth of the gospel should draw us to reconciliation with one another not division. Here's the last one. Be angry, but don't sin. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. You said, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Every time I get angry, I sin. That just means you ain't ready to get angry yet. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy. But in this holiday season, here's what I know. You already know there's going to be people that make you mad because they do it every day. You know that when you go out towards Concord Mills and you're trying to, to, to get to Walmart for that last-minute Christmas gift, that there's going to be 4,782 cars and none of them know how to drive. You're the best driver on the planet. Nobody else knows how. You're wondering, like, how did, where did these people get their license from? Are they from out of state? I don't know, but I'm angry because I want to go somewhere. I, wanna, I got places to be and people are getting in my way. You just choose. Slow down. Not your cars. You drive under the speed limit. You're the problem. <laughs> Slow down your pace in life. Stop letting everything get you worked up and angry. It's not that big of a deal. What, that you got somewhere two minutes after you planned on? 
you let a two-minute delay ruin your entire day. No. Get angry, but don't sin. Choose grace. Choose forgiveness. Ultimately, in this season, choose to know that the acceptance of God is all that you need. And as you go home for Christmas, may the motivation of your heart not be to please people, but in every situation, to glorify and honor God. Let's pray. Hey God, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to open your word today, to speak your grace and your truth over our lives. And Lord, we ask that as we move into a time where we're heading out, that you would prepare our hearts to not live for the approval of others, but to live for your approval alone. And for those of us who are watching this video today and maybe you're in person or online and you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When we talk about receiving Jesus, you realize that you've never made that decision. Today is the perfect day for you to do so. I want to lead you through a simple prayer where you acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin and now in Him you can experience new life. If you want to do that today, would you say this prayer with me, whether you're in person or online? Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.